I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Well, it all comes down to this weekend, don't it? What is up, Steeler fans? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Steelers. I'm your Stu Curtin Network host, Daniel. And today we're talking about this weekend. It's it. You know, this is it. It's do or die. This is the final regular season game for the Pittsburgh Steelers, for everybody actually in the NFL, for the 2023-2024 season. And right now the Pittsburgh Steelers are sitting outside of the, uh, the chance to make it into the tournament, into the playoffs. However, if some things go right, the Steelers can find themselves playing another game next week. And, well, let's hope that happens. But, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers can only do what and control what is in front of them. And what they can control is the game against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Baltimore are expected to be uh, fielding a lot of players who, you know, we may not all recognize, right? It appears that they're going to be you know, sitting majority of their starters, uh, mainly, you know, especially the stars of the team are going to be uh, sitting this game out. And, you know, I know that a lot of people are looking at 2019 when the Baltimore Ravens did that before and it came out flat. I believe it was against the Titans in the playoffs there kind of got railroaded. And, you know, FYI, if the Pittsburgh Steelers find themselves in the playoffs and get out of the first round, there's a good opportunity. They're going to be playing the Baltimore Ravens in that first game you know, in the division around that first game for them. So that'd be something interesting to see if the Steelers can get out there. But before we, you know, get into the Ravens and who's going to be playing and, and previewing the game, let's talk a little bit about the game that, you know, just occurred. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers went into Seattle into a hostile environment, a place that, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers haven't won at all pretty much 
you know, in their history. Now they're two and seven overall playing in Seattle, but going into that game being one and seven, you know, history wasn't on the Steelers side. However, they were able to go in there and, you know, just dominate in the trenches. You know, in my opinion, they dominated um, both in the passing and in the running game, especially the running game. And I think that the Steelers you know, end up finding out what their identity is. You know, I think that they've known what it is. I think it's just finally, you know, the help is on its way, right? Or the help has been helping. Uh, for instance, let's say that if, you know, there was a Batman and Robin to this offense, you know, the rushing game would definitely be the Batman and the passing game would be uh, the Robin in this situation. And up to, you know, the last couple of games, the Robin really hasn't been there, right? Instead, oh, <laughs> Um, you know, they've gotten somebody, you know, just, you know, who is it? Dick. That's what his real name is uh, on the show. So, you know, they haven't gotten Robin. They've gotten Master uh, Dick. So uh, instead now, you know, Mason Rudolph gets in there. The passing game seems to do something. Now teams are having to um, back up a little bit. They're having to, uh, you know, make sure that George Pickens isn't going to kill them over the top. And what it's allowed is for routes in the intermediate range, like a, for instance, there was one to Deontay Johnson that went for a lot of yards, you know, off of play action, which sucked in the linebackers. And that worked well because of the rushing game. So everything's just kind of playing off of each other. It's complementary, and it's making defense, uh, making defenses have to, you know, put, they put themselves in a, you know, questionable positions, and it's come down to where because the Pittsburgh Steelers have been been so efficient, it's a, you know, pick your poison type of deal. You want to load the box? We'll go over the top with George Pickens. You know, you want to send your safeties up high? We'll run the ball with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. A one-two punch that I think is, you know, the best in the NFL right now. You know, I know that the entire season – there's been a lot of conversation there putting, you know, Najee Harris versus Jalen Warren. Uh, I don't know if I like that. You know, and I've been kind of saying that this entire year. I've been saying, you know, instead of looking at it as one running back versus another, why not we look at it as a tandem? This is a team. And when you look at it that way, this this running back tandem has gotten over 2,000 yards um, all purpose in this season already. That's huge. That's huge for the Steelers, you know, rushing game and rushing attack. You know, that was one thing that the owner of the Steelers, Dan Rooney, had emphasized over the last, I'm sorry, Art Rooney, the second, had emphasized over the last couple of years that they wanted to uh, build up the running game. You know, and they started off getting a Najee Harris and then, you know, going with a Broderick Jones here recently. And, you know, I think it's finally coming to fruition. You know, what the Steelers want to do, we're seeing a lot of three tight end personnel going out there, especially last week against Seattle, and just dominating the trenches and dominating the game, controlling the time of possession. It was a beautiful thing to see. It really was. And it was an enjoyable game. You know, Steelers got again 30 points offensively, something, you know, back to back. You know, honestly, we haven't seen in a while. I don't remember the last time the Steelers had, you know, a 30, you know, point. Uh, performance in a victory back-to-back. I mean, that's definitely going all the way back to the Killer B era. So it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, but in that game, Mason Rudolph, he was, you know, he did what he needed to do. I think he had like 18 completions for like 270 yards, no touchdowns. 
but you really don't have to be throwing in touchdowns if your running backs can run it in from the 25, right? So um, overall, I thought that the Pittsburgh Steelers offense played very well. Defensively, I thought the secondary came through, you know, given the fact that, you know, they're playing uh, Patrick Peterson there at the safety position. Uh, I think I saw Elijah Riley out there a couple of times. Miles Killaroo was out there. You know, Steelers are expecting to get uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm not sure if he's going to be back for this game or not, but he's been at practice. He's been a limited participant. He, I think he's listed as questionable for this game. You know, if he's able to play in this game, uh, I think that, you know, that's a good sign. You know, um, if he's not and the Steelers make the playoffs, I think he's definitely playing there. Now, you know, the Steelers make, make the playoffs, they're going to get another safety back. DeMonte Casey, who was suspended for the regular season, uh, for that bogus call on that hit. You know, I know I get it. It, looked, it was a hard hit. It looked bad. I, I don't think that Casey had any intention of, of you know, being a dirty player or, or trying to knock out um, Pittman for the Indianapolis Colts. I just... I, Miles Jack is a guy that seems to have been improving or had improved uh, throughout this time and probably is the healthiest he's been this late in the season, probably in a long time, given the fact that, you know, he started playing or being active so late in the season. So I think that the Steelers are trending up and if they can get into the playoffs, I think they can do some damage. But what are those scenarios? What needs to happen for the Pittsburgh Steelers to get into the playoffs? Like I said, the first things first is the Steelers need to win. Now, can they get in if they uh, end up losing tomorrow? Yeah, they can. Uh, it's not the, you know, it's not a unrealistic scenario, but it's just, you know, you don't want to go into the playoffs that way by, you know, in, in a loss when you really needed the win. You know, um, it's just really not the way you want to go about those type of things. You really want to go in on a, you know, three-game winning streak, you know, if the Steelers can put up 30 points again, that's three games in a row they're putting up 30. You know, the confidence going into the playoffs is going to be up there. And let's just say that the Steelers somehow find themselves in a situation where they're the seventh seed and Buffalo lost. Miami ends up getting the second seed. You know, the Steelers will be heading out that direction with uh, against a team that has a lot of injuries. And again, they'll be getting a lot of their, you know, safeties back. The Steelers played Miami uh, last season, and, and, you know, first half of that game, the the Miami Dolphins receivers were able to, you know, run around the Steelers' secondary. But the Steelers put a lid on it. I don't think they scored very much, if any, at all in the second half. And, you know, the Steelers just couldn't come back. They almost did. They had two opportunities to come back, uh, ended in a couple of interceptions from Kenny Pickett and ended the game. However, he was a rookie and things like that, so – those things were expected at some at certain points in his career. But I digress. So here and now, I think that the Steelers can go into Miami and beat the Miami Dolphins, and then they'll be playing against a Ravens team that's had three weeks off or three weeks since they've played meaningful football, uh, the starters, that is. It's possible. It's possible. So the first thing that the Steelers need to do, though, <laughs> just going to go back full circle, is, is win. You know, if they win, the easiest way to get in is – uh, first is Jacksonville has to lose to uh, the Tennessee Titans, which, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he didn't play last week. Uh, it appears that he might give it a go this week. And, you know, he had a shoulder injury and a left finger injury. Uh, the, I believe the shoulder injury was on his throwing arm. And 
you know, even if he does go back, he's probably going to be, you know, affected by that. So there's a possibility that, you know, Tennessee can go in there and, and take control, you know, run the ball with, you know, with Derrick Henry. I'm not sure if, if Will Levis is going to be playing or not. I know he's been dealing with an injury of his own, but Ryan Tannehill can be a guy, I think, that can go in there and and play admirably, you know, be be up to the standard of a starting quality quarterback. I mean, you know, if he wants to be on a team next year somewhere, even if it's in the backup position or, you know, trying to compete for a starting gig, it'd probably be in his best interest to go out and ball out. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like Mason Rudolph. He, he was on the verge, uh, his words, of being a real estate broker, a uh, commercial real estate broker or, or a real estate agent. And yet, you know, he goes out there, kind of lights up the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, it probably turned some heads. In that moment, he probably made himself uh, or given himself an opportunity to be on a, a realistic opportunity to be on a team next year, whether it's the Pittsburgh Steelers or not. Second showing, I think he made himself several million dollars. And if he can go out there again and, and get the Steelers, you know, three games back to back to back, you know, 30 plus points. And if he puts up a couple touchdowns in this game, you know, I don't know if the Steelers are going to be willing to pay what's probably going to be uh, Mason Rudolph's, uh, you know, uh, value come this draft or this offseason. I apologize. It'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, I'm, I'm rooting for Mason Rudolph. I think that you know, after the Cincinnati Bengals game, he was he talked about he talked glowingly about Mike Tomlin and the organization keeping him around. You know, when nobody else really was going to give him an opportunity, they kept him around. You know, opportunity presented himself. He went out there and seized the moment, and um, you know, he seemed really, really grateful for this. You know, for the Pittsburgh Steelers keeping him. You know, I know that. There's a lot of outside noise outside of that building, you know, with the booing from the fans and all the issues that he had in, previously in, in his career. But but those things aren't happening indoors. You know, you're not seeing, the, you know, the coaching staff booing him in, in practices back then or anything like that. They're probably trying to, you know, encourage the kid, you know, and, and continue to do so. So, you know, he might be able to shut out that outside noise about what the fans had done early in his career and, and find it within himself if he ends up being somebody that, you know, shows up this playoffs in the playoffs. That is somebody that we want to, you know, maybe perhaps keep around as a potential starter next year. Something to think about, something to look into. Now, if Jacksonville goes in there and ends up beating the Tennessee Titans, I believe the only way left, well, that's also, well, the first way is if the Steelers win, uh, the Houston, uh, Houston, yeah, the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. If they tie, the Steelers are in, which is very highly unlikely. You never know. But if Jacksonville wins, the other way that the Pittsburgh Steelers will get in is if the um, Buffalo Bills end up falling to the Miami Dolphins, which I know the Miami Dolphins are, are you know, they got a few injuries or quite a bit of injuries and a lot of key positions. It's going to be a nerve-wracking game, but the Buffalo Bills are a team that haven't really been, um, you know, blowing it up or or putting it on the you know scoreboard or in the stat book as far as offensive numbers. In fact, uh, Josh Allen was 15 of 30 for 169 yards with an interception. You know, he rushed for 44 yards with two TDs. I I, I didn't watch the game, so I wonder if those TDs were on the, you know, through the air 
or on the ground. And I, I think there are probably quarterbacks needs to be in the fact that said rushed. And then it has the TDs there, not with the the passes portion of this uh, deal that I'm reading here. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think that Buffalo has been very great offensively. I know that they fired their offensive coordinator and they had a pretty good showing after that. But since then, it's kind of that sizzle has kind of died down a little bit. Right. And Josh Allen has been dealing with a like a stinger in his in his neck and shoulder that. And he got at the end of uh, uh, the game against the Patriots. So, you know, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. And, you know, I know everybody in in Steelers Nation is going to be sitting around the TV watching those games. And especially if the Steelers win in hopes that, you know, something, you know, the Steelers can get in. Now, the way that the Pittsburgh Steelers can get in, even with a loss, is if they lose, Jacksonville has to lose as well. And I believe... Uh, the Denver Broncos have to beat the Las Vegas Raiders and the Steelers will still get in. But again, you really don't want to get in that way, you know, off of a loss when you really needed a win. That's just not the best look. But those are the uh, the playoff scenarios. I'm going to take a quick break, y'all. When we get back, we're going to go deep into uh, the Steelers versus the Baltimore Ravens. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after a few words from our sponsors. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, check it out. You made it to the other side. Thank you for sticking it out with us and and coming back to the program. We're going to be talking about the Steelers and Ravens game. Before we get into it, I want to remind you guys on Monday, myself and Shannon White will be on on our live YouTube channel. Uh, We're still Curtain Network YouTube channel, but we're going to have our live show, uh, The Hangover, on YouTube. It airs 5 p.m. Eastern. If you can't catch it there, 
Uh, you can always catch it anywhere you find your audio podcast a little bit later on that evening and get our insight on what occurred in this game and if the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be having another one. We'll know by then. Now, like I said, the Steelers have to go in there and into Baltimore and take care of business first. But let's take a look at the injury report and what we're going to be dealing with. You know, game status right now, Landon Roberts, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Trent Thompson, all questionable. You know, that's pretty good news. In my opinion, these were three guys that I think were um, probably not anticipating to be available right now. I think uh, one of the beach writers, one of the sport beat writers, talked with Trenton Thompson at some point here in the recent couple of weeks. And uh, I think right before the last game, and, you know, he had told him that the target was the uh, the playoffs as far as when he, his return is. So we'll see about that. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, you know, has been a, real quiet about what happened to his knee. You know, the only thing that we've known is that it's a knee injury. Uh, he was out there running. He looked good running, in my opinion. So, you know, there's a good ch- chance or opportunity that he's going to be playing. You know, Landon Roberts, I can say the same thing for him. He looked pretty good out there. Um, he obviously had some sort of brace on his arm and uh, wrapped around his pectoral area. So um, he's doing whatever he can to be out there on the field and play, you know, big, Big props to that guy, man. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people would have shut it down. But I think that this team and these players think that they have an opportunity that if they get into the playoffs, that they can go the distance. And right now, the way this team is playing, I mean, I know a lot of people are going to look at Mason Rudolph and say this and that. And, you know, they may not like him because of whatever reason, you know, that started off earlier in his career. Last couple of weeks, I think he's got the highest quarterback rating for any quarterback in the NFL. He's really, really putting out a uh, a good performance up to this point. Now, let's look at who's been a participant, limited and full, things like that. Kenny Pickett was a full participant with an angle throughout this week. He's expected to be a go as the number two. I know there was a little bit of controversy earlier on this week referencing last game against Seattle where he was cleared, I believe, like on Thursday, supposedly, and he didn't dress, not even as the emergency quarterback. Now, he's come out here and refuted the uh, come out here and refuted the uh, rumors that speculated that it was by his choice. Now, you know, there's been a couple of um, shock jock type of uh, commentators that have come forward saying that, you know, it was for it was from Kenny Pickett that he didn't want to dress. And there's also been some Steelers insiders that have come forward and said that, you know, there's some truth there. Maybe not to the extent where, you know, he outright refused, but I think that there was some pushback there. And that got out. And now there's a lot of questions there with Kenny Pickett. You know, a lot of people are questioning his ability on the field. And and now they're questioning his, you know, teamwork, team um, work, you know, his, how much you, what do you do for the team? It's a little concerning, in my opinion. Uh, Trent Thompson was limited with a neck. We talked about him. He's questionable going into this game. And Najee Harris was a full participant with a knee. He's been dealing with that you know, throughout the week. Minka and Elandon are limited. We talked about them as well. Isaac Samalu did not participate uh, with a shoulder, but he's also been not participating uh, throughout the week. Uh, he's been you know, a couple of uh, days here and there because of the shoulder. Uh, T.J. Watt got a resting, non-injury-related uh, day where he got limited. Cam Hayward was limited with a groin. Um, 
Let me see. Yeah, he came up all all week with that growing injury. I, I just hope he didn't retweak anything out there because, yeah, he's starting to look a little bit like himself. Uh, not completely, but a little bit. Uh, Miles Jack, he didn't participate, but that was personal reasons. And yeah, let's go over to the uh, Baltimore Ravens. So their game status: you have Zay Flowers, who's has a calf. He's doubtful. He's their speed receiver. Uh, doubtful means he's not going to play. Cal Hamilton's been dealing with a knee. I doubt he's going to get on the field as well. Uh, Malik Harrison growing. He is out. Uh, Marlon Humphrey calf. He is out. Arthur Mallette has a hip. He's questionable. You know, I, I think that if he's a little stiff out there, um, he's been a pretty good slot corner for the Baltimore Ravens. I wouldn't be surprised if they sit him. Uh, Brandon Stevens ankle is questionable. Uh, Darrell Wardley ankle is out. Kevin Zittler knee quad coach's decision and he's out dang he has knee quad and coach said no uh odell beckham and he's gonna be out he's gonna be resting he's his old self can't be out there this week um ronald darby he's questionable lamar jackson he's out it's probably good for him uh going up against the steelers have been you know Steelers have been his kryptonite i think he's like two and five or something like that against the pittsburgh steelers you know but yeah He's sitting. I think that, yeah, I know it's a it's a it's a controversial topic. You know, do you start your 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 quarterback, your your stars the last week when you don't have anything to play for, and you have a bye week the next week? You know, I think it's a lot easier decision to sit everybody when you don't have a bye week the next week because you can kind of use that as the bye week. But when you do have a bye week the following week, then you're going like three weeks without a game. You know, timing and, and things like that can get get out of loop. But just look at the AFC North. You know, who are the starting quarterbacks in the beginning of the year, and why are they no longer the starting quarterbacks? You know, you have Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, and injury, he's out. Deshaun Watson, injury, he's out. Kenny Pickett, injury and play is why he didn't come back in, but injury was why he was out. So everybody in the AFC North has gotten injured as far as the quarterback position goes. Uh, every team in the AFC North has lost their quarterback. I, I just think it's probably the smartest decision to pull them out, given the injuries that have been happening across the board. And not to mention that, you know, they themselves have been a little bit snake bitten, especially when it comes to like, you know, running back position and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not surprised by the move for the Baltimore uh, Ravens to, to sit, you know, majority of their guys, but you know, they have nothing to win. They also have nothing to lose. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're maybe not so much more aggressive, but putting out certain things that they probably aren't going to put out during the postseason. You really don't want to put anything out on tape. That's going to affect you later, especially in a meaningless game, which is another reason why I think the Steelers are going to have a great opportunity to win this game. Uh, but you know, you, they're going to play vanilla. They're not going to want to put anything out there. But, you know, I can see them going for it on fourth down, you know, here and there more often than not, you know, going for two points uh, instead of kicking the field goal or the extra point after a touchdown if they get lucky enough to get one. And I can see, you know, uh, Harbaugh doing those type of things. You know, so Steers are going to have to be aggressive, in my opinion, keep the, uh, you know, foot on the throttle, so to speak. But let's um, let's start off with uh, keys to victory here. You know, 
Uh, Steelers need to run the ball. That's the first thing and foremost. They need to run the ball. The reason why, in my opinion, this team has looked a lot better than it has in previous weeks is because they've been able to run the ball. And when they've had to pass the ball, uh, the the ball the, the plays have been executed uh, correctly. You know, and that's been one of the issues in the past, especially when it comes down to the quarterback position. And like a lot of receivers have said that Mason Rudolph doesn't leave the panic, uh, doesn't leave the panic, I'm sorry, doesn't leave the pocket and doesn't get into a panic, right? He'll stay in there until the last second and throw the ball. And he has an arm talent, enough arm talent that he can make those throws off platform, falling over while getting hit and still be strong enough to get the ball out there and get it pretty accurate. For instance, the uh, George Pickens ball, that George plucked out of the air as he was going to the ground. You know, that ball there, you know, that pass, if you go back and watch, Mason Rudolph is flat-footed. He's getting hit. He's kind of – he has nowhere to step into into the pass, and he just kind of flicks it out there, you know, the best that he could. And he gets it out there in front of him. I, I thought it was a great play. Uh, you know, those type of things aren't weren't being done with – you know, the previous QBs, you know, a lot of times uh, the receivers would come open at the top of the routes, but the uh, quarterback wasn't patient enough to get to the top of the routes. Now, I'm not saying that Kenny Pickett is done. He's a bust, you know, trade him, cut him. I'm not opposed to it. (laughs) The trading aspect, cutting, uh, I don't think you need to do that. Obviously, he can be a good backup. But, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's a bust or any of those things yet. I think that maybe perhaps he just needed a little bit more time to, you know, develop. We'll get Mason Rudolph. He had a few years to develop. However, you know, Mason Rudolph wasn't 24, 25 years old, you know, when he entered into the, uh, the NFL. And I think he was like 22, 23. So yeah, he was a little bit younger and, you know, it took a few years for Mason Rudolph to get his opportunity to showcase that he had improved. And I think that, you know, Kenny Pickett's probably going to get more of an opportunity given uh, the draft capital that they spent to acquire him. You know, but at the end of the day, I'm not sure if they're going to end up going with him next season as the starting guy once the uh, start of the regular season comes. But I digress on the quarterback position. Um, I think that if the Steelers want to win, they're going to have to uh, limit, you know, uh, Mason Rudolph to under 25, 30, 30 attempts a game. You know, in the last couple of weeks, that's exactly where he's been at. I think 28, 27 attempts. You, know, you can keep him under 30. I think that that means that the uh, offense is running well. You know, get over 100 yards rushing, you know, limit Mason to about, you know, 30 pass attempts. And I think that's a pretty good formula for success, especially if you're running the ball well with this two-headed monster uh, as of Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. Obviously you have to, you know, play clean football. Don't turn over the, don't turn it over. Um, be aggressive. TJ Watt needs but three sacks to hit um, 20 on the year. If he's able to do that, I think he's like one of only a handful of linebackers or defensive players to hit 20 sacks in, in two separate years. It'd be it'd be crazy. I don't know what the stat is if it's, you know, like um, how close together it can't be consecutive because you know, obviously T.J. Watt got uh, you know injured last year and 
was out majority of the year. And when he was back, he really wasn't himself. But, you know, I digress. But it all comes down to this, y'all. You know, um, you know, play clean football, uh, be mistake free, play sound. You know, don't get yourself in bad situations. Uh, one of the things that Mason Rudolph said, uh, I noticed in one of his press conferences, is that uh, Sullivan puts uh, him in the offense in manageable third downs. And that is something that I've noticed. Now, you can't get in those manageable third downs if you're shooting yourself in the foot, right? If you're if you're going backwards because of penalties and things like that. And last week, it kind of felt like it was a clean game. You know, one of the penalties that was thrown was the, uh, you know, illegal formation or, or illegal motion on Pat Fryermuth on what would be a first down pass to uh, Deontay Johnson. Yeah, I didn't see any movement there. It just didn't wasn't there. And now the, uh, you know, the referee crew that's coming in is the same crew that kind of botched the, you know, Lions and Cowboys game uh, last week. And a lot of there's not a lot of faith there in these these officials. And hopefully, hopefully sooner than later, the NFL will do something uh, to install some faith back into into the uh, into the officials. Maybe make them full time things like that. But you know, let's just say the Steelers mess around, get into the playoffs, and win a playoff game. And what does that mean for you know Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph? And this is probably be the last thing that. You know, I'll touch on before we call it a show. And, you know, I, I don't know. I think that that means that you have to at least try to attempt to retain uh, Mason Rudolph. You know, I know a lot of people are going to say that he wants to leave, but, you know, would he really get an opportunity to compete for a starting job somewhere else? You know, or are they going to tell him that, uh, you know, he can fall into a Mr. Trubisky type of situation where they're like, yeah. And, and that can happen in, in Pittsburgh as well. Um, the Steelers can go out there and trade for somebody. I think there's a lot of rumors out there of Justin Fields and they can go out there and draft a quarterback, which I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to the Steelers drafting a quarterback. Maybe somebody that just has a little bit more talent than Kenny Pickett as far as, you know, the, uh, the arm skill and the throwing skill itself, maybe a little bit more raw that needs a couple of years and you can get Mason Rudolph a pretty, you know, probably give him a cheap contract comparable to the rest of the NFL quarterback position. Um, obviously, I think that, you know, if somebody calls him and just kind of throws a, a, you know, a bucket full of money at him, he's going to take it. However, you know, I honestly truly think that, you know, his best play would probably be in Pittsburgh. He's familiar with the organization, familiar with the playbook, familiar with the players. You know, I think that that would give him the best opportunity to perform. I think he's already won over majority of the fans. Uh, which is something I didn't think was going to happen <laughs> ever. But, you know, because of the bad play of the quarterbacks prior to Mason Rudolph being in, you know, uh, put into the game, you know, the fans are cheering for him. Fans want him. They want him to do good. I want him to do good. I hope he can, you know, win this week and, and the Steelers get an opportunity to go forward and win again. You know, I do think that if the Steelers win and they go into the playoffs, that they're going to ride Mason Rudolph until the season is over. You know, it's a uh, uh, one-game season from here on out. You know, you lose and you're out pretty much, right? So, you know, if he has a bad game, I don't really think that he's going to have a short leash, so to speak, unless he just throws like four, you know, interceptions within the first half. Then maybe we might see a change. But, you know, if he's not turning it over like that, which, 
I don't, I don't see Mason Rudolph being that QB. Uh, he even said it in his uh, conference that he's a little bit, uh, his press conference that he was uh, conservative by nature. And so, uh, you know, he's going to make sure that the ball is going to be in an area where only the receiver is going to have an opportunity to catch it. It's going to limit the turnovers. And I think that's going to go well for the Steelers, especially, you know, with them getting some key players on defense. Now, as far as a prediction for this game, I do think the Steelers are going to end up taking it. I'm going to say it's 27 to 13 Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm going to say that they get into the playoffs. Uh, I think they're going to get in there. I hope. I hope it's because Jacksonville loses and not because we're going to be playing all night and day or all day and most of the night for the uh, Buffalo game. That would be uh, that. It's probably going to end up being that way, guys, just the way things fold. But I think the Steelers end up getting in. I think they make it into the uh, into the playoffs, and uh, I think they're going to be a scary team once they get in there. But I appreciate everybody listening to me and everybody tuning in. I want to thank you guys. Um, if this is the last preview show, don't worry. I'll be back next week anyways, and we'll be talking about, you know, what's next in the offseason if the Steelers end up, you know, not making it in. And if they do, I'll see you guys next week, and we'll be talking about a, a wildcard matchup a playoff game and hopefully they can put one in the wind column, something they haven't done in a while, you know, just like they won on the West coast twice this year. That's something they hadn't done in a while either. So maybe we're seeing some new changes and some new things coming forward. I appreciate everybody. You have a great weekend. Go Steelers. Let's get in this thing. Peace. Peace.